Hello there, it's Gareth here and welcome to this episode of the podcast. I hope you are well. So this one's going up on Monday the 26th of February 2024. I'm actually recording it on Sunday. It's uh, just after lunchtime, it's 7 minutes past 12. And today I should have been out running, running and walking actually, a mixture of both today. Me and Sue had planned to be in a place called Edale. We've talked about Edale before. It's um, just towards, just the other side of Sheffield. We're supposed to be down there today doing 17 miles. We are clearly not because I'm talking to this microphone and I'm sat in my office and my feet, I've done nothing today other than move from my bedroom to kitchen, kitchen to living room, living room to office. Why is that? Well, this is part of what I want to talk about today. Today's kind of like a two-part it's a two-part podcast, really. There's two things I want to talk about, but they are linked. And we're going to talk today about planning and the nothing box. Now, I'm sure you know what planning is, and I'm going to talk about that in a second. But as we get into the second half of this podcast, I'm going to talk about something called the nothing box. Now, the nothing box you may not have heard about before. I didn't hear about it until recently. But when I explain what the nothing box is, it may well make a lot of sense to you gentlemen and explain some of your behaviour. And for you ladies listening, it may well explain the behaviour of some of the men in your life. So I'm going to leave that. I'm going to put the nothing box to one side for a minute because it's a really interesting thing. Hang about for that. First, I want to talk about planning. Generally, when we go walking on a weekend or running as it is now because we're we're training. We're training for an ultramarathon and that ultramarathon is in October this year. 33 miles we've got to be able to train for. And we've been doing a lot more activity over the, the winter than we ever have done before. We've never, we've never been this consistent with our walking through the, the, the back end of autumn and all the winter months. We've done quite a few miles this year in some, in fairness, not that many challenging conditions because it's not been particularly cold and snowy. But even, even based on that, we would not normally do this much activity, but we have had in our mind we're doing a, an ultramarathon in October. Now, something that's been building up in me for a, a little while now is the fact that I have a plan for this ultramarathon and there's a training plan. And it would be fair to say we're not on track. And I've been mentioning this kind of, you know, tentatively to Sue for the last few weeks. You know, maybe we need to think about doing this, maybe anything about that. Nothing's really been hitting home to her. And Sue never listened to these podcasts. And even if she did, I don't think she might be saying this. Sue's the kind of person that when she goes to do something, for instance, a ultramarathon, she'll just say, yeah, it'll be right, let's just do it, it'll be fine. I'm not that kind of person. I need to know I can do something. I need to have certainty that something's possible through preparation. So Sue's the kind of person, if she's doing something, she won't put any practice in, she won't won't do any kind of rehearsals. She'll just go in and do it. And, you know, she gets a result from that. I'm not going to say whether the result's good, bad, or indifferent. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad, sometimes it is indifferent, but, but it, it, there's a result she gets. When I'm doing something, I generally get the result I want because I know before I do that thing, I'm fully prepared. I'm a, I, I over-prepare, and, and some people would say ridiculously so. I'll give you examples. Um, I've done a reasonable amount of public speaking in my time. Whether I've got to talk to a group of people for 15 minutes, half an hour, 45 minutes, full keynote... If I'm doing a talk, I've practiced that talk hundreds of times before I deliver it. Regardless of the size of the crowd, regardless of the venue or the perceived importance of that talk, I practice it over and over and over again for days beforehand. 
yes, I can walk into a room and ad-lib and talk to people, but my ad-libbing is only basically a, a, a set of snippets from the stuff that I've practised diligently over the time I've been speaking. So when I do something, I know I'm ready for it. I don't like surprises. This is not just show up in, in things like speaking or training for ultramarathons. It shows up in everything. I don't like surprise parties. When I go to a restaurant, I want to know what's on the menu so I can choose beforehand. And it's, it is quite particular and in some cases might be seen as strange behaviour. But it's the way I am. It's my personality. And I don't see it changing anytime soon. Anytime soon. So I've had some concerns for the last few weeks that we're not really progressing as we should be doing on this ultramarathon journey. And today, in fact, I think I talked about this in, in the, one of the last podcasts. The last time we went out into the into the hills, it was just a complete waste of time. You know, it didn't give us anything. And I did talk about that. Don't quit, adapt. If you've seen that podcast episode, that's the one I was talking about on it. But what I was adamant about today is today was not going to be like that last walk. We had to be able to go out today and we had to be able to have good conditions to be able to run we needed to spa- we need to start running basically this is this is the long and the short of it we can walk i don't we don't need to practice to walk 33 miles we can walk 33 miles today but we do need to practice being able to walk and get on the, along them 33 miles quicker so we need to practice running so this morning for the first time and this, this has never happened before sue woke up she's not massive up for today i woke up i'm not massive up for today there's reasons for it we were out last night we went to the cinema we watched the Bob Marley film, actually, One Love. Fantastic film, great film. And then we went with, we went actually to the cinema with Sue's daughter and her boyfriend, and we ended up going for a curry. And we got in late. I've had a belly full of curry, a load of rice, and, and really kind of probably more naan bread and japais than, than I should have had. And, I, you know, when you're, you're late, I think, oh, I've just had too much to eat. Anyway. So when I woke up this morning, I didn't feel the sparkliness. Neither did Sue, and an opportunity threw itself at me, which was, she wasn't up for it, neither was I, and I could broach the subject again about, I don't think we're really getting any further forward with this training. And I discussed it with her, I said, look, why don't we just take today to rest? She's been working quite hard, so have I last week. Let's take a bit of time to rest, relax, and then why don't we sit down, and why don't we look at the plan we've got for this training? It needs to be adjusted. We're not going where we need to be. We have to look at the plan we've got and see whether we're keeping to it. I don't think we are. So we need to look at the plan again, remind ourselves of it, and then adjust it in any way, shape or form and move forward. And she said, oh, that's a nice idea. The thing about planning is you can set off with an idea of what it's going to be like. But if you're not careful and you don't review your planning on a regular basis, you can be slipping behind and you don't even know it because it can be so subtle. So we've sat down today and we've gone through the plan for the training. I've brought up the idea that, look, it's nice to go out and do the hills on the weekend. I love that. But we are wasting opportunities midweek. We need to start hitting some pavements. We need to start going. And I don't mean smashing them with his hands. I mean as in running on pavements. We're going to have to start using the canal. We're going to have to start using the local area to train, which is not something Sue's particularly into. She doesn't like all that. She likes to be in the hills somewhere. I think, personally... The idea of driving for an hour in a car to go and do something we could have done around where we live is a little bit silly when you're trading for something. Now, if you just want to go out and enjoy the hills, that's a whole different ball game. But this year, that's not the purposes of the purpose of us being out. When we're out this year, it's about preparing ourselves to cover 33 miles in under eight hours in October. 
And I'm not so bothered whether we're doing that in some beautiful countryside in Edale, up in the North Yorkshire Dales, or whether we're doing that on a canal in Wakefield. What's important to me, the only focus I've got, is the completion of an ultramarathon in under eight hours. So when you set yourself a goal, when you've got something you're working towards, all that matters is getting to that point. You might enjoy some of the journey, and if you can, that's a bonus and that's lovely. But the reality is, all that really matters is completing that task. And I know 100%, for me to be able to complete that in October, we have to start doing more running. And Sue doesn't quite get this. Today was the first time she thought, maybe maybe you're right. So planning and being able to plan something is about being honest and open with where you are at any particular moment. We are not where we need to be. And another soggy day, sort of, you know, jumping through bogs is not going to help us. So today we invested the time today, instead of doing the 17 miles, which again, we would have enjoyed, we'd have felt good after it. We invested it in planning where we're going to be going from tomorrow. So I say tomorrow, when you list this today, you know, from Monday, the 26th of February, we have a training plan in place now, which involves having to cover some mileage during the week. We have to get out Monday, Wednesday and Friday, do at least 5K, certainly throughout the month of March, build up to 5K, then build up to 10K and then take it from there. We have enough time. We've got plenty of time, but we wouldn't have had enough time if we let this go much further. So when you're planning, it's really important that when you've got a plan and you're working towards it and you believe you're working towards it, you should always be questioning, is this plan working for me? Am I getting where I need to be? I do need to adjust it. And if you need to adjust a plan, you should adjust it quickly. And if you're not careful, we can have the, the, the kind of, what's uh, what I'm looking for? We can have the tendency sometimes just to keep doing the same old thing over and over again, repeating the same old stuff. And actually, you're not going anywhere. You're not getting any better at it. We now, I know now we are, from from my perspective, we, we're the strongest we've ever been when it comes to covering distance on our feet. Any walk we take on this year, uphill, downhill, long or short, I know right now we're stronger as walkers than we ever have been. But this is not about walking this year. This is about running. So we can say, yeah, we can tick that box. Somebody rang us up tomorrow and said, we're going for a walk, which is 15 miles. You're coming with us. No problem. 15, 20, 30, 35 miles, we could walk that. No problem. But that is not what we are working towards. So sometimes you've got to remember, if you work, if you're doing something, is it getting you close to where you want to be? Because it might look like it's activity. And it might have some bearing on kind of what you, where you're going to go, but it might not be taking you exactly where you want to go. You could be drifting off. And we were drifting off into becoming very effective walkers, but not very effective runners. So today was the day we turned that around. We had a planning session and that involved, when you're doing planning, what you should do, especially when you're viewing plans, if it's by yourself, you can do this by yourself. You do, if the plan involves somebody else, you need them involved. Nobody should be completing plans for somebody else. You need to have buy-in on this. And I have to say, probably in the initial stages of planning the, the, the training for this ultramarathon, I didn't always have Sue with me. I kind of did a lot of it based on what I'd read online, putting something together. Best estimations, really. And there was a bit of a mistake there for me. I should have had Sue involved for a minute one, so then you can get their buy-in. Because when people have got buy-in and you agree on something, it's a much stronger plan that way if there's more than one of you involved in whatever it is that you're planning. So we sat down today and we looked at where we are with our nutrition. We started to look at where we are with our equipment. Um, Sue's got some new shoes, so I've got some new shoes, and we, we kind of work out whether they're the right shoes for exactly what we need. We think they are. We started looking at our training plan and said, right, the weekend walk or the weekend run, and at the moment it's still a mixture of both. Um, we'll call it, I've, I've talked about this before, it's kind of a, a cross between a walk and a jog. 
So I call it jolking. So we, our jolking is what needs to improve. We need to be able to get those times of walking in between the running to be shorter. So eventually, as we get close to October, we're doing the vast majority of any route we're doing quicker, you know, jogging it. I will say this. It's not our intention to be really good runners at the end of this activity is to be good jolkers to cover distance quickly i don't think we have the capacity to get to the stage where we can run 33 miles without stopping i think if we were looking at something shorter maybe a, a 10k or a half marathon there's a chance for that but certainly not for 33 miles so the thing when you plan is you've got to be from minute one you've got to be very honest about where you are and what you can achieve in the amount of time you've got I believe we can get to a stage where we can cover four miles in an hour, and at four miles an hour is where we need to be. We've proved we can do it on distances up to 10 miles at the moment, but we need to stretch that now. And the stretching is a lot harder than you might think. Anybody who's run will know this. You know, you might get to a stage where you're running at a certain pace to try to take a few seconds off that pace. It's a major achievement. It takes a lot of training because it's not just about doing more. You have to have other things. You have to look at where you are. Like I said, with your nutrition, you have to look at where you are with any kind of resistance training, going to the to the gym and building your legs up and looking for different ways to, to build up stamina. So I've been doing a lot of um, bike, static biking at the gym recently and, and rowing machines things that are going to build me up cardio wise and also give me some ability to strengthen my legs and my arms at the same time because when you're doing any walking or running all your body's involved not just your feet it's not just your feet and your legs you know your arms are involved and everything's involved anyway so we sat down and did that and it just felt good to do that today and I think it's probably maybe a week or so overdue I always say you should try to look at your goals on a regular basis at least once a month. Once a month you should have a day when you have a serious planning day and look and say, right, review where we are, how's it going, especially if it's a long-term goal, things that are kind of three months and above. So we've done that today and both of us now feel like, yeah, we, we've got a better idea. Sue's got to wake up to a few simple facts, which is we can't always be driving off for an hour and a half to go up some hills, as lovely as it might be. It's a waste of time. We're training towards this event. We need to be doing more stuff locally. We need to start doing 5Ks in the morning. We need to start using the canal where we live to get the distance in. Now, that's not something she's particularly um, happy about. You know, she doesn't like walking on canals or running on canals. She certainly doesn't like running on pavements. But that's something that she has to accept. That's not really going to work by not doing that. I've got to look at some of my beliefs, which is some of my nutrition needs to be changed. I've been messing about my diet recently and like dropping carbs and testing out more protein, bringing in more fat. My diet needs to be a little bit more switched on now. That's something that Sue can help me with. So I'm going to have to just maybe start eating some things and eating in ways that maybe I'm not so happy with. So part of planning is recognizing where do you want to be, right? There's the, there's the destination, the goal. And then based on that, what do we need to do to get there? Not just what do we need to do to get there that we enjoy, what other things do we need to do that we, we're going to be less bothered about doing and maybe try to avoid which are necessary. And for us now, regular outings locally are necessary. Sue's on board with that. I've now got buy-in. I now need to start looking at maybe taking on more carbohydrates and maybe putting on more calories every day. So I've got to become comfortable with that. But when you sit down and look at your plan, you should be realistic and you should say, right, what do we need to do? And, and the bits that you're most uncomfortable with, discuss them. Why are you, why are you uncomfortable with that? You know, the, the, if I asked her why she doesn't like walking and running on canal and locally, she says, well, you know, I don't like my feet being pounded on the floor. You know, it hurts my feet and I, I get bored on the canal. So it's just a boredom thing, which I can get around that because that's a mindset issue. And as far as hurting your feet are concerned, 
the more you get used to it, part of the training for any long distance race is to toughen your feet up. I know this because although we walk together on a weekend, I have got more experience running than Sue. And I know the first few weeks, even months of running, your feet can be very sore. But after a while, you start to toughen up. And the soles of your feet, the muscles in your feet, and all around your ankles and things, they strengthen up. And, but it takes time. You've got to condition. Like any muscle, they've got to be worked and they've got to be pushed. So the reason I wanted to kind of say this to you today was, oh, the reason I want to say this today was because right now, if you're struggling with any of your goals this year, it's maybe time to review them. I think you should do it once a month. When you know something needs to change, you must deal with that straight away. Like I said, this planning session we've had today really should have been a couple of weeks ago. And it's only because I kind of didn't want to say, well, I'll tell you why. I did come up I mentioned it to Sue about we're not doing enough. And she kind of, I'm not saying jump down my throat, but it's, well, we'll be fine. We've got plenty of time. We're fine. No, I, I don't need to hear that. I, well, not don't need to. I can't hear that. I can't hear it'll be okay. I need to know it's going to be okay. And I knew it wasn't. So once you know some things needs adjusting, adjust it quickly. Will the plan we've put together work? I don't know, but we'll review it again. But not wait until the end of four weeks from now. So maybe getting towards, you know, the back end of March. No, we'll review this in another 10 days time. How's it working? When we've had a chance to try the plan out, what did we find is working? Is it going the way we want it to go? Great, keep it. If anything else needs adjusting, we'll adjust that. You've got to constantly keep adjusting your plan. You've, all, you've got to be vigilant because you can slip away very quickly and get into habits that aren't serving you. Or what's even worse, and I think we would fallen into this, you start to realise you're improving one thing, but it's not really taking you where you want to be. Yes, we're much more efficient walkers. And that's great. That's not the goal we've got this year. If the goal had been to do the National Three Peaks or something or take on a long-distance walk, then we'd be fine. But that isn't the goal. So sometimes remember, are your activities lining up with where you want to go? And if they're not, they need to be brought back on track only by sitting down and planning. And today, I just feel so much better doing this now, this podcast, and think, not, not doing this podcast, I feel better now having done that planning. And I thought, I'm going to talk about this because it's something you need to be very aware of. If what you're doing isn't working and getting you where you want to be, you need to change it. Simple as that. No biggie. Don't beat yourself up that you did something incorrect or you should have done it, could have done it, would have done it sooner. You didn't. You are where you are. Now deal with it. Realign yourself. Set yourself a new plan and move towards that. So that's the concept of planning I wanted to share with you today. And I'm using my example of taking a day off something, which might sound like, well, you know, you shouldn't have done that. No, it was necessary. Sometimes it's necessary to step away from what you're working towards and spend some time planning. And only then move forward when you've got a plan you know you can work to and that is, that is aligning you where you want to go. So that's the planning. The reason I want to talk about this next thing, we're on to now the subject of the nothing box, is because... I do a lot of my thinking and planning in something called the nothing box. Okay. This is the, this is, I saw this on a video on Instagram and I'm probably going to butcher the way the guy said it. And I'm sure it won't sound anything like as articulate or as lovely and wonderful as he said it, but I like the principle. So I'm going to share it with you. He said that men and women are very different. How we think, how our brains work. Um, I'm a believer in this. Uh, it's quite obvious sometimes living with Sue, who's a woman, and I'm a bloke, that, you know, she thinks very differently to me. I've already said this so far in this podcast. You know, she'll say, yeah, yeah, we'll be fine. Let's just do it. I need to be more structured. The guy sold the idea to me online by saying this. 
Women's brains and men's brains are different. Try to imagine a woman's brain is like a lot of little wires, all kind of wires. If you try to imagine inside like a, a fuse box and, or, you know, we see lots of little wires all attached to different things. That's how a woman's brain works. Lots of different wires, everything's attached, everything's linked together. So they have ideas and everything's linked in with this and there's this, this and that does and they can multitask, do all them things that us men are not particularly good at, right? So their brains work that way. We, as men have a different way of doing it. We tend to have boxes. And so when we're doing something, there's a box for that. So in our brains, there's a box for cleaning the car, mending the car. So car, um, what do we call that? Car maintenance. There's a car maintenance box. We have a DIY box for looking after the house, a house maintenance box. In there, there's a work box. There's a sport box. There's a box for things. That's how we work. And generally, we're in that box. So when we're in that box, that's what we're doing. If I'm in the car maintenance box, I'm cleaning or doing something to maintain my car. If I'm in the DIY slash gardening box, I'm doing something regarding DIY gardening. I'm in that box. We don't tend to have two boxes open or we're not into two boxes at the same time. That's not how we work. Women, they can do all that. All these little things fused together. Everything's connected, blah, blah, blah. One of the boxes that us gentlemen possess is the nothing box. And that is exactly what it sounds like. When you're in your nothing box, you're doing nothing. And this, I notice this a lot, how women don't understand the nothing box because I'm in my nothing box quite regular. So let's say yesterday's an example. Yesterday, me and Sue were cleaning the house. So I was in my box of cleaning the kitchen and I have another box which is cleaning the other rooms I've got to clean. And I do all that. I love cleaning the house. It's part of something we chose to do years ago. It gives us ownership of our environment. I like doing it. But I'm not cleaning the kitchen and the bathroom at the same time. There's a box for cleaning the bathroom. There's a box for cleaning the, the, the kitchen. And I'm in that box doing that thing. And then I move on to something else. And in between those processes, when I'm cleaning, I will sit for a short period of time. I nothing box. So I'm literally doing nothing. So when Sue comes downstairs, multitasking, cleaning four rooms at the same time, there's dusters and brushes in one hand, vacuum cleaning the other. She's all this stuff going on, all these little things fused together, these wires. She looks at me, sat in my nothing box, and asks me the question, what are you doing? And I say, well, right now I'm doing nothing. And this look comes on her face. And if you, you, as a man, you've probably seen that look in a lady's eye, that what do you mean you're doing nothing? I'm flying around and all this stuff and you're doing nothing. Now, this is where it gets a little interesting. I have the same amount, percentage-wise, of the house to clean as Susan. I spend time in my nothing box in the process of cleaning the house. And I still always finish my cleaning before hers. She'll argue her stuff's more difficult. You know, well, I've got this, I've got these windows to clean and they take time. No, 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 no. I know if we switched it around and she did all my stuff and I did her stuff, I would still get my stuff done quicker. Because when I'm doing something, I'm very efficient because I'm focusing just on that. As gentlemen tend to be, give a block a task. Can you do this? I want it doing this way. They're normally very good at doing that when it's something very specific. The nothing box we spend our time in. We need to spend time in the nothing box. I spend a lot of time in it. We're just doing nothing. Women can't understand the nothing box. This is what I'm saying. So if you're a woman now who comes across your bloke and he's sat there on the couch, maybe just scrolling through his phone, he's in his nothing box. And that will wind you up. But us men need the nothing box. I need my nothing box. Because when I'm in my nothing box, that's when my ideas come. If I'm planning, I'll sit down and just sit in my nothing box and think about the plan for a couple of minutes. I'm not planning because I'm not doing anything other than thinking, but I'm thinking in my nothing box. 
So there's some of you now who are listening, ah, that's me, yeah, I spend time just sort of sat there doing nothing. And I love it. I love my nothing box. And I visit it regularly because I like it so much. I much prefer the nothing box to the kitchen maintenance box. The nothing box, I love. Of all the boxes I have, apart from probably watching sport, I quite like that box. But the nothing box, I'm very fond of. We have a nothing box. We spend time in it. Before I go and do anything that's significant, I'll spend some time in a nothing box. Just sit in my nothing box for a bit. It calms my mind. It makes me feel good. relaxes me physically. Now, what I'm going to say, gents, if you are listening, saying, yeah, I've got my nothing box. Now I, now I know what it's all about. You've got to, you can't spend too much time there. You should spend some time there. And you can spend too much time in your nothing box. Your nothing box is a place where you will spend time when you're procrastinating. I don't want to do that. What shall I do? I'm going to sit in my nothing box for a bit. Because when you're nothing box, really, you kind of, it's a bit like the way daydreaming comes to mind. You sort of sat there, you know, with a sort of googly look on your face, staring into the, the distance in your nothing box. It can be a, it can be used for a procrastination tool. I wanted to mention it today because if you use it for procrastinating, be aware of that. When I know I don't want to do something or something's difficult, it's amazing how much time I'll spend in my nothing box. I've learned now to recognise that and say, not that you're in your nothing box because you want to be, you're, nothing, you're in your nothing box because you don't want to do that. So your nothing box is what we have. Ladies, if you're listening and you come across your man doing nothing, he's in his nothing box, don't worry about that. It's part of his process. He needs to be in his nothing box. In fact, you should encourage him now and again to go into his nothing box. Too much time spent doing other things, moving about in other boxes, it's tiring. Nothing box is where we need to be. Before I had the conversation with Sue this morning, before I got into the planning today, I went into my nothing box. And when I mean my nothing box, it's amazing when you start doing nothing, ideas come. And it's those ideas that sometimes are the most powerful one. The entire training plan we've got now, including nutrition, including distance each week, came to me while I was in my nothing box. So although you might look like you're doing nothing, there's a lot going on behind the scenes internally. You know, in your mind to rest, you know, have to focus on something so ideas pop in. So if you've never used your nothing box and you're one of these people that believes the hype that you should be hustling all the time, I'm telling you blokes, you need to spend some time occasionally in nothing box. You can't keep doing and pushing yourself. You need to spend some time in nothing box. Not good for you. And ladies, as much as you think your multitasking is good for you, and I'm sure you'll believe that, our box at a time is very efficient. Allow us to do that. But that will also include allowing us to step in every now and again into our nothing box. So when we're doing the kitchen really well or gardening really well or sorting the jobs out really well, and you want to give us kudos, that fantastic, but also recognise, don't criticise when there's nothing box. And as you as a gentleman listening to this, if you're a bloke listening, don't you be worried about being that nothing box unless that nothing box is causing you to procrastinate from something you know needs to be done. There you go. Right. Got a lot of Sunday left now. So today, part of the plan was to get everything ready for our first run tomorrow. So tomorrow morning, Sue and I are going out on our new plan. We're doing 5K tomorrow morning, probably about 7 o'clock. And that needs to be prepared for. So I'm going to make sure all that's ready the rest of today. And then I'm going to sit in my nothing box for a couple of hours. Because do you know what? I know at the end of it, a couple of hours in the nothing box, I'll be revved up, ready and recharged for tomorrow to get into the week. So let's recap. If your plans aren't working, change them. If your plans are with somebody else, change them together, get buy-in. Never change the plans by yourself. Change them with the other person so you both know what you're doing. Don't be bothered about changing your plans. It's necessary sometimes. And if you're not getting where you want to be, regular reviews will show you that. Change your plan. And remember, 
Gentlemen, we have a nothing box. You're probably aware of it. You might not have a name for it, but now you do. So when you sat there daydreaming, you're in your nothing box. Ladies, if you're listening, your man has a nothing box. Respect his nothing box. If you allow him to spend time in his nothing box, when he's in other boxes or when he's in his other boxes, he'll be way more efficient and he'll get a lot more stuff done if he gets the occasional visitation to his nothing box. Right. Have yourselves a great week. I'll be back next Monday for another podcast. Until then, take care. <laughs>